And we are honored to have the governor of the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania with us, Josh Shapiro. Governor, good morning. Hey, good morning, Larry. How you doing? Doing very well. We're in the playoffs, Governor, as you well no. know. <laughs> it's going to be cold. It's going to be cold in Buffalo. Yeah, actually, Delaware. our uh, meteorologist said there may be heavy, heavy lake effect snow up there. So I'll be happy to be, you know, tucked in the house watching on the big screen. Governor. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'll tell you what, that snow, that weather, that's a great equalizer. I don't know that Josh Allen's going to be able to do his thing in that weather, so I feel good about the Steelers. Oh, don't try and do that Rendell thing, man, where he, he was this, <laughs> don't even go there with the, <laughs> the Eagles thing, Governor. Come on, man. You don't have his cred. Hey, I never, hey, come on, I take some offense to that there, Marty. I never, I never, ever, ever BS my way through sports. Folks know I'm an Eagles fan. I grew up in that region. Well, sure, any, naturally. Any chance I get where I can cheer for the Steelers, I do, and I love sports, and I follow it closely. So uh-huh. I'm an informed fan. We, we I will you. say I'm a big Pitt Panthers basketball fan. You know I got two kids at Pitt, and oh, yeah. that was a brutal game the other night against Horrible. Duke. That was Horrible. not great. Speaking of which, Curtis Aiken, a special. Oh, what a great guy. And he is a board of trustee now of the University of Pittsburgh, thanks to you. Yeah, I appointed Curtis to the board. Um, first off, he, he has such a, a storied history at the institution. Um, he's such a thoughtful man. But it's also, I think, really important to have different perspectives on that board. You know, people who care about sports and who are entrepreneurs and not just the same old, same old. And um, Curtis is going to represent me well on that board. I'm, I'm grateful for his service. I think that's a great, great appointment. So congratulations to him and to you. Hey, man, this up. Uh... Exolitis technology. Excelitas. Uh, yeah, them too. Um, <laughs> my, my friends tell me, and right, I have you friends. you got to teach him everything, don't We're you? We're working on I it, guess. Governor. I'm a simple right. man, brother. Uh, <laughs> my friends tell me, and they know you, that you did a lot of work on this. Why is this so important? And tell uh, our listeners who don't know about this what it means to this uh, strip district area, which is exploding, sir. Yeah, look, this is a high-tech photonics company that's going to be key for life sciences. Um, And, you know, with their success, they're going to touch a lot of different aspects of um, things we rely on every day. What it means in practical terms is another serious high-tech company coming to the Strip District. It's 250, at least 250, high-paying jobs in Pittsburgh, which is huge. Um, And I got to tell you, it it also means – keeping, well, keeping 20 jobs they already have, adding another 250, a couple million bucks in uh, investment initially in the strip district from this company. But it also allowed us to kick Boston and Ohio's butts in this competition for Excelitas. And, you know, I grew up, uh, my parents taught me to love everything except two things in life. One was the Dallas Cowboys and the other is the Boston Celtics. So (laughs) this made me feel particularly good that, we took this company from Boston that they didn't go over our border into Ohio. And, and really, I mean, all, all kidding aside, that they see great promise, as I do, uh, in Pittsburgh, in that strip district, in making it a high-tech hub. And I worked my tail off on this. So did our DCED secretary, Rick Seiger. This was done over many months. And, you know, we just sold the Commonwealth uh, and, and showed them just how great we are and why they wanted to not only have their executive team here, but why they 
felt that they could grow and add 250 jobs with the big brains we have in southwestern Pennsylvania. Uh, so I'm really excited. It's a huge win for the region. And I think just last thing I'll say on this, guys, I, I hope it also shows people how serious I am about being competitive when it comes to economic development. This is obviously not our only win, but it's a great example of how aggressive we're going to be to go to, to bring new companies here to the Commonwealth, create jobs, create economic opportunities. Look, these 250 folks, they're buying houses. They're shopping in our stores. They're going to our churches. They're sending our kids to schools. They're, I mean, they're going to be part of the fabric of our community, and it, it only enhances our community to have great companies like this. Well, Tonic is the science of technology and light, in case you want to know that. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I didn't know that. I had to look it up. The Google machine is working this early yes, in the sir. morning for you, Hey, Mike? I ain't that smart, sir. Hey, um, um, you know, you said something actually poignant. My boys that are in venture capital say that Pittsburgh sucks in terms of raising money and competing with Ohio, which is fascinating that he said that he had a win over Ohio here, that they make it a lot easier in Columbus because it's a state capital. They give more incentives in Ohio, and that Pittsburgh in this region is way behind in that area. Do you agree, sir, or not? So there, there is some truth to that I, I will, but I, I, let me give you a really serious answer on yep. this because I, I think it's really worth diving into and I'm glad you raised it. Ohio has 1.5 million fewer people than Pennsylvania. It's a smaller state than Pennsylvania, yet they contribute seven times the amount of money for economic development Whoa. from their state than we do in Pennsylvania. So that means like Half the time, I can't even get the Commonwealth out on the field of competition because other states are going to blow the doors off us in terms of the incentive package. Now, the good news is I've gone to the legislature in my first budget and successfully, through both parties, begun to close that gap with Ohio in terms of incentives. I'm going to come back and and ask for more because we need the tools to compete, right? So there is some truth that they're able to put bigger packages on the table. Well, but what Ohio doesn't have and I mean this right. with all due respect to my friend, Governor DeWine. I don't think they that they are as aggressive as we are in being competitive and fighting for these companies. I don't think that they have the sort of, you know, built in assets that we have in Pennsylvania, particularly in southwestern Pennsylvania. You know, the housing market, the community, the, the arts and civic life, the things that families who are going to be relocating there are looking for. So I think we have a lot of natural things to sell. Um, we also, I think, have a leg up when it comes to energy, which is central to so many of these projects. Maybe not Excelitas, but others that have been successful and others that we're working on. So we've got a lot more built-in opportunities. We just need more money to compete. And so I've been grateful to the lawmakers on a bipartisan basis for giving us those tools. Last comment on this. You mentioned your VC buddies. Yep. Um, Larry, I didn't realize Marty had VC buddies, but that's okay. Come on, man. uh, You know, a higher world than we do. That's all right. Come on, man. I'm more connected than Jesus. Come on, man. (laughs) But there is some, (laughs) look, there is some truth. Part of what I've had to deal with in my first year is whether it's the venture capital guys, whether it's the site selectors or others, changing their attitudes about Pennsylvania and southwestern Pennsylvania in particular. They didn't have us on a lot of lists. Right. When they were looking to place companies in new states. And so I have spent a lot of time either myself traveling or bringing them to Pennsylvania and showing them that it is a new day here in this Commonwealth and their companies should consider locating here. So I think that attitude they shared with you, Marty, is based on a lot of what happened in the past. 
And what we keep hearing is a lot of those folks who are making decisions on where companies should go are opening up an eye and going, holy cow, Pennsylvania really is open for business, and we got to look there. Anything you can do to press that narrative will help. Meantime, do you have a good roofer? We understand oh, love the this, state right. capitol has got a leaky roof. Up. Glad you brought this up. We need our lawmakers to get back to work into <laughs> Harrisburg. We, Marty and I have some good uh, roofer connections. Is that, a, is that a lie? The Republicans say yeah. it's lazy Democrats. Is that a lie, sir? Is that no, accurate? I, I'm t- I, look, I have nothing to do with that. I'm, I'm told <laughs> by the speaker that uh, there is a leak. It's got to be repaired. Come I know on, she's man. working on Come it on, as man. quickly as she can, but... Um, yeah, hopefully everybody will get back to Harrisburg soon. We look, we got a full agenda. I mean, we got to do a lot more on economic development, um, real, real investments in, in education. We're going to continue making investments in public safety. Um, th- there's a lot on my agenda. We've got to reform higher education and actually make it affordable, accessible. And by the way, make it lead to jobs in our communities. Um, so there's a lot of important stuff that I'm going to be proposing in my budget address in just a few weeks, and I want lawmakers uh, to to consider those things. But, but again, you say you have nothing to do with it. I know you. I know your work ethic and your discipline and your intensity. There is no way, if you had control over that, you would tolerate that. There is no way, sir. Someone to tell me they have a leak in the roof, so they're not coming to work till March. It gives people a rash. To be honest, sir. You were able to fix well, ninety five in a week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know, guys. I I know you're. I I, I hear you. Look, I I'm not I'm not the roofer. I'm not in charge of the House of right. Representatives. I know that the Speaker is going to make sure that their members are in hearings, working on bills, doing a lot of other stuff, and they'll be they'll be back whenever that's fixed and ready to hit the ground running. Okay. Well, thank you for your time as thank always, you, and congratulations. Excelitas will help us all in the region, and we appreciate you, Governor. Yeah, and and by the way, let me just say, if I can, before I leave. Yeah. I know Astrobotic didn't have the best week. They, um, they, they obviously, they did. Uh, you know, they, they struggled with that um, with that rocket. But uh, first, uh, I, I want to just say thank you to them for how, how damn hard they worked yep. to get to this point. I know they're going to gather a whole lot of science and data that will make them even stronger for next time. The Commonwealth, of course, has invested in Astrobotic. And I just want to be clear, we're going to continue to bet on space, and we're going to continue to bet – on Astrobotic. And by the way, I'm working hard to bring other space-related companies to that area uh, in Pittsburgh. It's really important that we invest there. And so just want to give a shout out to all the team at Astrobotic. I know that they're still working their butts off on on this. And um, even though this mission didn't go exactly how they wanted, they're making us proud in Pittsburgh and all across Pennsylvania. Well, they always champion us, and we do appreciate that as a native. Thank but, you. But taxpayers get hacked off when they see $200 million in their minds flushed down the toilet because this thing's never going to be on the moon. And for you to clarify that, I think is important, sir. Guys, thanks. Good to talk to you. All right, Governor, we'll talk soon. Enjoy the weekend. Good luck to the Eagles, too. There you go. Eagles series. Let's see if they can both get a win. That'd be all right with us. Governor Josh Shapiro, every Thursday at this time, we check in with Pittsburgh Magazine. And we have Christy Graver with us, who is the food editor. Christy, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. We should probably have talked to you about setting up for Super Bowl tailgates in-house for Sunday's Steelers game. But who knew we were going to be here? That's kind of fun, though. Yeah. but And my first story is kind of winter-related. It's starting to feel wintry weather-wise. But 
a big part of the season um, will be missing this year. The Shenley Park ice skating rink will remain closed due to construction delays. What? Surprise, surprise. Yes, no, no, no season this year. They're installing a new chiller system underneath it, but there were problems like a leaky pipe, something like that. So it should open by April, but the season's kind of a bust this year. But the big events that they have, the mascot skate, which is now known as Mascot Madness, will be held on February 10th at the facility from 1 to 3. So instead of skating with them, you just you know hobnob and have cut cocoa and stuff like that with all the mascots. And Valentine's on Ice will be held on Valentine's Day from 8 to 10 at the Hunt Armory in Shadyside. So the skating season is dead, but romance is not. Well, that's where the Penguins built that uh, ice facility inside the Hunt Armory, so... All right, that saves that. How about beer news for the new year? Pittsburgh seems to be an expanding place for more and more beer. It's insane. There are just so many places and so many places opening up second locations. So I've I've compiled a list of some new brews, uh, expansions, a few, you know, brand new ones, and even a place in Greenfield that sells cider and plants. It's a great place. I was there uh, at the end of the year. It's delightful. They sell plants, too. Yes. All right. We're talking playoffs in the NFL. This week in Pittsburgh history, a lot of local connections to a super, Super Bowl upset. Yes. On January 12, 1969, the New York Jets played the Baltimore Colts in Super Bowl three, And that's the first time the word Super Bowl was used. Um, the Pittsburgh connections, of course, Jets quarterback Joe Namath, who famously predicted his team's win, is from Beaver Falls. Uh, Colts quarterback Johnny Unitas was a Pittsburgh native, and Chuck Knoll was a defensive backfield coach. Um, and he interviewed for the Steelers head coaching job the next day. So it's serendipity. The very Mellow next day. And he became yes. four-time Super Bowl champion and Hall of Fame head coach. Chuck Knoll, read all about it. PittsburghMagazine.com. Christy Graber, enjoy the game. Thank you. Bye-bye. And thinking of the Super Bowl, I used to love, and still do, those old NFL films. Remember the late John Facenda? Well, you do the voice so well, man. Do it, please. Back in the day, they did one for the Steelers, and a guy named Bob Angelo from Neville Island, who worked for NFL Films, just wrote a book, by the way. He wrote this. There are 27 teams in pro football, and then there are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Coming up, you're going to meet some... True American Heroes in studio will tell you why they're visiting us here at KDKA. And also the cool scoop with our newest member of the news team, Susie Cool, right after the news at 8.30. When I was in my 20s and working in Oklahoma, Tulsa, they flew me to um, Buffalo and offered me a gig doing consumer reporting. They had a station there. Uh, very similar to KDK, giant station, giant ratings, massive staff. And I, I can see this in my mind's eye. When I got there and got downtown, the station's right downtown, kind of like KDK. There was so much snow that um, the reporters and photographers had snowmobiles. And that's what happens in Buffalo. They get this crazy, and by the way, I didn't take the job. I, I just can't do that. Um, Larry, you know this because you're a weather guru. 
they get this crazy. What they have? Was it two years ago, brother? Five, six feet? Right. We we went live there a couple of times, and the people there, I mean, it's it positioned right near the lake. Right on. And the way the wind's turning, in this time of year, Dean pointed this out. As you get into January, typically the Great Lakes start to freeze over, but it hasn't been cold enough. Right. It's all that moisture, and now you get the Arctic air crossing the lakes. It just picks up that moisture, freezes it, and dumps it as snow. Thus, there's lake concern a lake effect. That's when they say lake effect. That's what they're referring to. It's the moisture off the Great Lakes, then being blown in by the Arctic air. In this case, there is some uh, speculation that could get heavy snows in the Buffalo area. I remember being shocked actually by the snow. I remember um, um, photographers jumping out the back door of the station. It was right downtown, and they had snowmobiles. I'll, you can't believe that until you actually see it. And they, uh, Bill Sawyer, my boy Billy, who we both love, he worked at, uh, was at the downtown station, Bill. WKBW, snowmobiles on trailers outside the station. My boy Alex, who uh, is a Buffalo guy, he works in television here in Pittsburgh. I love him. Um, Here's what he said, that my parents live in the adjacent town next to Orchard Park. We are 10 miles tops from the stadium. We may have to shovel out. It's that crazy. How about that? And he's worried about the game, too. It means that the running game will be good for the Steelers and bad for Buffalo. Who knows? I mean, right geez, if, if, it, if it's that heavy, then all bets are off. You're right, brother. You just, I mean... And, and at what point would they consider moving the game if if they're really confident as we move through the next couple of days that would they potentially move it to Pittsburgh? I wonder. And um, I've been talking to Ticket Nick, as you know, from a secondary market standpoint. There's about 5,000 tickets out there. And the price would be dropping because of this weather. What do you say tickets were, Larry? He at last check you said about one sixty when we yep. started the week. These are upper tier, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Two fifty is yep. at the beginning of the week. What Ticket Nick said, and in if this storm now, again, this is AccuWeather's conjecture, their forecast, their concern. So we'll be watching that very carefully over the next two days because the Steelers would leave Saturday. And how long you've been doing NFL games? How long? You mean as a public address yeah, yeah, announcer? Yeah. Uh, Twelve seasons. You don't recall? I can see in my mind's eye a guy shoveling a field to clear the sidelines and the and the goal markers. But I've never remember a game being called off for snow. Do you? I don't remember. Paul, maybe you do. Our anchor man, Paul Rasmussen. Do you ever remember a snow out in the NFL? Gosh, what, the, the one game that comes to mind for me is the tuck rule game when uh, Oakland and New England were playing in that, that snowstorm. That was, you know, one of the things, uh, I, you might have been talking about this, so forgive me if I missed it earlier, but one of the crazy things about snow in Buffalo is, is that you can get like a foot and a half of snow in Orchard Park, but almost nothing just a few miles away. Right. And they're talking specifically about Orchard Park. Obviously, yeah. that's the focus. I don't know. We'll... 
We'll keep you posted. I'd love to see a snow game. That would that'd be fun to watch. Yeah, and I just uh, got word. We're going to check in with Buffalo early tomorrow. We'll obviously have Dean DeVore, our meteorologist, on it too. But we'll go live to Buffalo. Here we go. Hold on. Last game canceled because of snow, 1935. 35. Wow. Yep. Boston Redskins, Philadelphia Eagles. That's that's a great last weekend. It was question. It was crazy watching uh, during the the snow game last weekend. How they'd come out during the timeouts with the snow blowers, with the leaf blowers, and yep. uncover the lines on the field. You talk about pressure. How about it, the leaf blower guy? And, and last week, Larry, the the rain really caused a problem with the football. Oh, that was and and temps were in the mid thirties. Yeah. This is worse. It was almost better if it would have snowed. Yeah, uh, but that was nasty. In in Baltimore amazing 